Hello and welcome to another edition of Hurt Business Radio. Ben Damon here alongside Jade Mitchell and Michael Zarafa. Welcome, gentlemen. We're here on a Saturday morning at the uh, North Melbourne Boxing and Fitness. And thanks again to the people here for letting us uh, use the venue. Um, plenty going on. Uh, last night we saw some really interesting fights, this being Saturday morning. Uh, Jade, I think you watched the stream, but Mick, you were in the corner of Blake Caparello against Reagan Desai, a very close fight. How did you uh, see it in the uh, end? Yeah, it was a good fight, it was a good matchup. Um, Reagan was a lot uh, awkwarder than I thought, you know. He um, came out with a good game plan. Um, I believe Blake did enough, though, um, to, win the, to win the fight. Um, but yeah, like, like I said, it was, a, it was a lot closer than I thought. What did you think, uh, Jade, just having a look at a stream? The stream was hard to tell. So many people are jumping out of their tree about the uh, the scoring. I thought it was a close fight, 96-94. Look, it could have gone either way. Uh, watching the stream, we had one camera, well, miles out, which you should know all about. You were actually meant to be there calling it. but uh, I got we, to watch. Yeah. I can call it for you now if you'd like. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's a lot of people are jumping out of their tree, but it's so hard to actually see what's landing. and yeah. There was nothing of significance landed. Um, I actually spoke to Blake this morning on the drive here. I just thought I'd give him a buzz. Yeah. And he's actually, he, was, he's, he felt that he won the fight. Um, he said it was, he did, it was closer than he thought it would be. He said Reagan's style, uh, he said he was very sort of amateurish in the way that um, like he didn't want to trade with him. He'd sort of hit, hit and move, but uh, very flicky with his shots and didn't, didn't want to trade with him at all. Um, which, for mine, like, for mine, it's Regan's body language in the fight. Like he was excited. That was his grand final. So he was up and about. He was, he was very at times erratic in his movement. And that's what Blake was saying on the phone this morning. Um, that that was sort of hard to hard to adjust to. And he tried to press the fight. And he said if he wanted to, he could have fought like he did in the twelfth round for the entire fight. And he feels that. That would have shut the fight out for him, but then it would have been a boring fight and everyone would have complained about yeah, right. Blake in a boring fight. Yeah. For those who didn't see it, it was 97-93 times two and 96-94, all three judges seeing it to Blake Caparello over Reagan to say. Uh, personally, I thought that Blake started very strongly, won the first mm. three rounds, but then um, either he hit a wall or... Possibly Reagan went to another gear and started throwing a lot more shots, was a lot busier, was moving a lot, as you said, but was also throwing shots and combinations. I gave him the next five rounds. The last two, it was obviously uh, there for the taking for either of them, and I did think Blake probably did enough to get those rounds, so I had it 95-95. Um, I could see a case for the last two going to Desai, and therefore he would have got a, a win in my card, but um, I think 97-93 to Blake is, is a bit wide, and two yeah. judges saw it that way. Um, um, Mick, in the corner, did you guys think that Blake had um, started to slow up a little bit or did you just think that Reagan had gone to another level and perhaps Blake could go with him through those uh, middle five rounds? Yeah, like Jade was saying, you know, um, Blake's name to Reagan was a world title, you know what I mean? So he had a lot on the line and he was just, you know, jumped out, was jumping out of his skin. Um, and he's just, like I said, he's got that awkward style, you know. He was using his range well um, and didn't really want to trade with, yeah, he didn't want to trade with Blake. Blake was trying to, you know, press, put the pressure on him, but he didn't really want to sit there and, and trade with him. Um, but like I said, in the corner, we um, you know, each round we were you know, putting up game plans and stuff. But um, yeah, six rounds to four, I had it, and, and our, our corner had it as well. Um, but um, like I said, Regan fought really well. You know, he used his range. Um, 
and started off. He started off really well. He did really well. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, what happens from here for both of these guys? Obviously, um, Reagan was ranked in the WBA. Blake's ranked in a couple. Um, that'll all move around after this result. I don't know how big the moves will be, but um, certainly Reagan wouldn't have lost any fans as a 22-year-old going yeah. into a fight against such a cagey veteran, even though he's only 32 in Blake Caparello. Um, you'd have to be pretty impressed with what you saw in terms of maturity for his age. 22 years of age, yeah. man. He's got the, the he's got the whole world ahead of him. He, he's going to be better from this fight. Um, hold your head high, Reagan. You, you fought really well, mate. Uh, and yeah, look, it could have gone either way. But um, I just want to touch on, once again, like the, the whole body language in the fight too. To me, Blake never showed any urgency at all in that fight, whereas Reagan did. Reagan, but that, then that comes down to the experiencing. Blake's cool as a cucumber. He's, um, he's been there, he's seen it. This was Reagan's coming out pay. This was his big moment. But look, maybe down the track, <coughs> excuse me, maybe down the track, we can see it again. Um, but I think Blake will go on to bigger and better things now. Uh, because where he is in his career, we'll see Reagan, Reagan rebuild, and he'll come back to be the form super middle, uh, form light heavyweight. Jesus oh. Christ. Sleep deprived, new baby at home. Yeah, we should congratulate um, Jade on just turning up today because she's either had a magnificent bender or um, the new baby Drew has been keeping uh, you and Tegan awake. How is? Mate, I pull up so much better for a magnificent bender. <laughs> <laughs> I've had more experience of magnificent benders than I have babies, yeah. Dan Damon. But yeah. um, going well, oh, mate. It's awesome. Great. It's the best thing ever. You've got to experience it to put words to it. So yeah, okay. I won't. Bring the uh, podcast. No, out please. Well, we had Blake here last time with his baby. You didn't bring Drew today, but uh, who's next time around? One of the Maloney's can yes, bring in a baby for us. Jason George is about to pop any second. Okay. So good luck, guys. Great. Shout well, out to Jason and Georgia. It's all happening. Um, um, you spoke to Blake and Mick. You're obviously there in the corner. Um, he, I believe, the plan was to go the WBA route um, once he got through this fight. Um, Dimitri Bivol is the champion there, which is obviously a daunting fight if it can be made, but um, one that he'd be up for, no doubt. Uh, there, there would be no chance of a, of a rematch in in what we saw um, last night from the Caparillo yeah, side? Just, you know, in the camp and being with him, you know, day in, day out, I think they're looking at the bigger picture. Yeah. Um, you know, heading back overseas, you know, he's fought, obviously, Durrell and, and Kolovev, and I think that's where he wants to be, and I think that's where he needs to be. Yeah. Um, you know, Blake's got that... He'll fight He'll, he'll fight anyone, you know what I mean? And um, yeah, he did this for the domestic fight, you know what I mean? Everyone so wanted to see it. and he said, fight with me last yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's uh, he's grouse. He'll fight anyone. But yeah, I think um, he wants the the bigger fights now and head back overseas and, and and chase the bigger fish over there. Yeah. What were you saying, Jade, when I mentioned WBA and Bivol and? You've also got Marcus Brown, the yep. interim world champion. There. Who they've, as Blake told us, they've discussed a couple of times. Yeah. Uh, a fight with him, so maybe that's one that can be made. And yeah, yeah I don't mind that fight. That's. Oh, yeah. they're both great yeah. fights. Yeah, but yeah. The thing is, Blake Blake's done his time. Blake's, uh, Blake's been there, he's done it. So I, re- I cannot see that rematch happening anytime soon or no. if at all ever, which is a shame. It was a good close fight. Yeah. But um, Blake will be looking to secure something big and I think right off into the sunset. How old's Blake now? 30, 32. 32. 32, yeah. 32, yeah. Yeah. So, mate, he's, he's been there, he's done it. He yeah. wants another world title fight. And I know Reagan, to say, does watch, um, does watch the show or listen to the show. So, um, yeah, I, I, as everyone said, um, absolutely no shame in the loss there. Mm-hmm. I, I had it a draw. Uh, the vast majority of the comments sections uh, had 
Reagan winning. So uh, certainly plenty to be proud of. And going away from home to fight in Melbourne and putting on that performance and uh, not quite getting the scores, uh, nothing at all wrong with that. Um, do you want to mention Everlast before we go any further, the, the sponsors of the program? Yes, Everlast. Go to, uh, we're powered by Everlast. Go to www.everlastboxing.com.au. <laughs> yeah. Did we even hear that? Yeah, yeah, that but, was great. Uh, yes. That was great. Everlastboxing.com.au for all your Everlast needs. Um, they've got you covered. Yeah, and um, I've been reminded that we should uh, push the fact that you can listen to us on iTunes and please go and um, subscribe, leave a review, five stars, all that sort of stuff because it, uh, it does help. And um, they're just doing another round here at uh, North Melbourne Boxing and Fitness. It's, uh, it's pretty crowded here on a Saturday morning, but... Uh, we are, of course, joined by Michael Zarafa and um, your most recent fight, before we go on to your next one, was against Kel Brook. Um, we were some of those amongst plenty in Australian boxing giving a, a heap of praise to what you did over there. Um, take us through the fight. Obviously, the first round was a tough one, but yeah. you gutsed it out after that. Yeah, it was an absolute awesome experience. Um, you know, Not many fighters get the opportunity to fight You know, one of the best fighters in the world. And um, Look, the atmosphere was, it was crazy. You know, 20,000 people. Um, Sheffield Arena and 20,000 people not on my side is it's definitely a different um, different atmosphere but you know I walked out there and gave it my absolute all and I didn't get the decision but um, took a lot away from it you know I mean experience wise and uh, just mentally you know it was just definitely something good you know early in my career I'm only 26 years old you know what I mean so um, I'm hanging to get back over there and, and fight someone yeah, the same calibre. I mentioned the first round uh, where you did take some shots, you busted your nose, you got caught with a number of jabs and that good right hand. Did the occasion <laughs> did the occasion get to you uh, walking um, out to the arena with all those rabid fans and then and then being in there against Kel Brook? Was that something that, that contributed to the slow start? No, not really. I just, you know, 12 rounds, I was just trying to, you know, see it out, just touch, you know, see how we go in the first couple of rounds. But he had other agendas, you know, he wanted to come straight at me and, yeah, just caught me with a nice right hand which yeah it broke my nose in, in the first round so um and I've never actually had my nose broken so I kind of panicked a little bit going into that corner I said to Blakey you know I can't I can't breathe um but no excuses like I said it was a, a tough fight um and I, I gave him my all and I just fell short yeah Jade oh man you certainly turned you certainly turned it around um after that first round and you just said you wanted to see, you wanted to, you had 12 rounds ahead of you, you wanted to get through the 12 rounds. <laughs> I would advise that you don't start the first yeah, round. Yeah, mate, Jesus. Jesus mate. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah mate, it was I, I'll crazy. tell you one, one thing, man, no one can deny your heart or your toughness, man, because uh, the way you come back and rally back in that fight, <laughs> hats off to you, it was, uh, it was a gutsy performance by us, so well done. I appreciate it, yeah. Um, I, I know there's conversations that we'll have in just a moment about what's coming up, but um, after that fight, uh, it was a matchroom event, obviously, with Eddie Hearn, who's uh, had an eye on you for some time. Did you have a conversation with, with Eddie or Frank Smith and, the, and those guys about uh, potentially getting back over there? Yeah, yeah, so he was super wrapped. Um, I think he was wrapped of how much punishment I could take and keep moving forward. <laughs> good, but, um, good. But he said to me after the fight, he said, you know, the only difference was, you know, it wasn't much skill difference. He said that Carl Brooks has been at this top level for 10 years and, you know, this is your second or third crack at it. He said, you're still a baby. He said, but we're super wrapped with, you know, the performance you put on. He said, we're looking forward to getting you back. Um, so, yeah, you know, there's been back and forth conversations with my manager, obviously, Brendan Burke and, and uh, Sam LeBruner getting back over there and fighting another, another tough dude over there. So I'm looking forward to it. Like I said, you know, I just want to keep building and moving forward. Um, you know, none of the to fight in England on a matchroom show with 
you know, one of the best promoters in the world, if not the best promoter in the world. Um, but before all that, there's the potential now, and um, uh, you had a chat about it last night at the venue, and uh, obviously it's been well-documented and well-discussed. Uh, there's a potential fight with Anthony Mundine. Um, Anthony came out and, uh, well, effectively announced the fight, uh, <laughs> that he was interested in fighting you en route to a rematch with um, Jeff Horn. Um, I've sort of been a party to some of these discussions through the process, but what's your take on where things are at? Um, look, you know, it's been back and forth again with my team. Um, on our end, we we want the fight. You know, it's a good fight. It's a, it's a, a building fight for us. He's got the, you know, he's done a lot of great things for the sport. Uh, his name, Anthony Mundine, is, is huge in Australian boxing. Um, look, you know, they've said they've wanted it. They've given us a date and an arena now. Uh, we're just waiting on contracts. Uh, but it's definitely a fight that we're looking forward to and we believe that we can come in with a good victory, um, especially after his last performance against Jeff Horn. And then we just want to, like I said, move forward and build. You know, after Mundane, look at you know, guys like Timmy Zhu and, and Jeff Horn. And, and, you know, I believe that we've done all we can really in Australia. I'm sitting at number one here in Australia. Domestically, you know, the guys left are really like Jeff Horn, Timmy Zhu, Mundane, if he wants us to have another crack. Um, yeah, like I said, it's a great fight. And for those uh, listening, that's not just really heavy rain. That's a, about 50 people skipping uh, here this morning. But... Um, yeah, the, the venue and the date you mentioned that you've been given is May the 3rd in Brisbane at the Convention and Exhibition Centre. Um, it's, it's all up in the air, but uh, you're just waiting at the moment. Is there, anything, is there anything more to be talked about from your point of view? Um, the wait's agreed at middleweight. Um, anything else at all? So, yeah, basically it was the WBA um, title, Oceania title that was going to be put on the line, but I okay. don't think he wants to fight for that. I think he wants to fight for the Aussie title. Yeah, he said he's not interested in the WBA, yep. which is fine. I mean... You know, we're the WBA Oceania champion as a junior middleweight. So, um, you know, that total doesn't really so help me. They don't, so, even though he's mandated through the WBA, he doesn't want to fight. He wasn't interested, them. yeah. He just didn't want to fight. He, was, he just yeah. said, I want to fight for the Australian title. Which, again, is it, something I've, I actually haven't won, you know. So, yeah. I'm sitting at number one in my, in my division, but uh, it's actually a total I haven't won. So, if he wants to fight for that, I mean, for me, it's, I'm chasing that name, you know, that mundane. It's... You know, Zarafa retired Monday, and that's what I'm looking at. Yeah, yeah I, look, I love the fact that he wants to fight for an Australian title at, the, at this stage of his career um, and sort of tick that box. Uh, mm. I, I, I think that's fantastic. The, the, the more we can build up the Australian titles, and, the better. And the fact that it's Tim Zhu versus Michael Zarafa for the Australian title. That's great because... Anthony Monday. Oh, Mundane once. Yeah, before. Mundane. Not. Oh, jeez. Sorry. It's <laughs> just to repeat, oh, Jade's just Jade's had a baby just and had a bender. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, maybe just, oh just, just sit there, have a snooze if you need. Oh, you can I lie just, down on the gloves. Yeah, um, just use the brother. <laughs> but Jade did uh, inadvertently bring up the fight against Tim Zhu there, um, which is one that has been discussed now for, well, over a year between yourself and him. Yep. Um, Further discussions have been had, and, and now, given his victory against um, Denton, uh, Denton Vassal uh, on the uh, undercard of the Gallon Hopawati fight, he's mandatory to um, to the belt that you have. Correct. Yeah. So um, we've, I think we're booking a date for June, around June, um, and that'll be in Brisbane. Um, so again, not not really much has been said, just that it will happen sometime this year. Great. Um, and sometime in June, I think, is where okay. they're looking. Yeah, so, that, that's a good fight. Well, you you I, can talk about that fight now. Yeah. Tim Zoo. Well, see, that's the thing. Is I'm more excited about. I'd be more excited for Tim Zhu versus Zarafa than Mundine versus Zarafa. Yeah. Um, okay. I just look. I Chuck's been one of their greatest. He's carried the sport in this country, but um, I think his time's come, and I really think that Zarafa gets the job done against Chuck. 
comfortably. And wouldn't it be good to see our two best junior middleweights on, on the rise? Well, you've got Dennis Hogan there as well. Mm. But um, Tim, too, this is the time to get him now. I, I, my, my money would be on Mick to beat Zoo right now. Mm-hmm. I love that fight. I, I think the vast majority would have said exactly the same as you. Maybe yeah. prior to Tim Zhu's last fight, there'd be a lot who would have seen that fight and gone, oh, he's improved again. And he seems to be improving fight after fight. Did you see that improvement yeah, watching yeah, that yeah, fight No last doubt, time? you know, from his first fight to his fights now, he's, he's definitely getting better as they go. But I don't know, I just, I just back my ability. Um, you know, he hasn't been in the trenches yet. You know, he got put in a, a tough fight against Wade Ryan. Yep. Who, you know, is just a journeyman who I fought um, and beat comfortably where he struggled with. And that yep. was only, what, two or three fights ago. So, um, look, you know, I just believe my ability um, and I believe that, you know, I'll, I'll get the job done. Uh, but, yeah, look, like I said, he's growing as a fighter um, you know, and he's got that name. So he's always going to, you know, that, that last name's obviously going to work towards him as well. Yeah, he, um, he had that win against um, Denton Vassell. I don't, I don't know if you saw that one, but... Um, yeah, it, it was. It had to be his most impressive performance so far. I've seen the highlights, and yeah. I think there wasn't I mean, much to rounds. the fight other than the highlights. Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah, right. just too big, too strong, didn't yeah. sell, too small. Um, so I don't think. Look, it was, it was impressive, but you can't look too much into that because Zarafa ain't isn't Denton to sell for sure. So, yeah, for sure. But, uh, it's definitely one that I really want to see that fight happen. I think it's it's great. And, look, I'm a fan of Tim Zhu, too. I think he's doing a great job. Um, He's carrying the name well. And Mm. he he just holds himself so well, too. He's so well-spoken. Seems like a really nice guy. And um, I just look forward to watching his career progress. Mm. And I just think that this is the best fight pretty well in Australia to be made right now. Mm. So we talked about two fights for you already that uh, appear to be pencilled in for dates this year. But the fight I would imagine that you want above those two is Jeff Horn. Well, yeah, I believe that's all that's really left for me domestically, you know. Um, besides, like I said, the mundane or zoo, um, Horn's come out and said that no one wants to fight him at 154. Um, that's not the case. You know, I'm happy to fight him. He's just outpricing himself, you know what I mean? So um, if he wants to fight, the fight's there, you know I mean? Obviously, he's chasing bigger things, which is, you know, fair enough. Um, but, like, yeah, they're definitely the fights that I want, you know. Who else is really left for me here? You know, I've given every, everyone else a shot um, and I've beaten them. So now it's just, yeah, I reckon those three guys are the only ones really left for me before I head back overseas. Yeah, in regards to um, Jeff Horn, uh, it's no secret now, so um, we can discuss it, that Rob Brandt, uh, the American regular middleweight world champion with the WBA, is, um, is the preference, and there are negotiations that are ongoing for Rob Brandt to come out to Australia to fight somewhere in Queensland um, against Jeff Horn probably in May. Uh, so those conversations are ongoing, but uh, we'll just have to wait and see what happens there. But we've been talking about the um, the zoo performance on the Gallon Hopawati undercard. Um, you, did you watch? Did you watch the show? Yeah, watch the show. Show was great. Yeah, absolutely awesome. Um, props to Matt Rose, No Limits. They're doing. Uh, he put on a great show and showcased some good up and coming talent. I uh, I absolutely love Matt Matteo Tapia's performance. There. Yeah, and. Um, the fact that Adam Copeland toughed it out in that fight and, yeah. and rallied back too, it was, that was a great fight. And then also, I really liked um, Lucas and... Um, Jurkic. I feel like I'm just yelling at you right now. Yeah, that's all right. so much noise. There's a lot of boxing going on, but that's all right. We're in a boxing gym, so we'll just continue through. How is our audio going? Oh, it's perfect. It's good? Excellent. See, these are microphones, so they'll, uh, they'll refine what we're saying and they'll take it through to the people at home. 
Thanks, man. Thanks. Did a lot. you watch the show, Mick? I actually didn't. To be honest, I only watched the the zoo fight. Okay. Um, just obviously because a potential yeah. potential opponent, but um, I heard it was a good card. Yeah. Um, that was well, we'll go highlights. back and have a look at Tapia Copland if you didn't get the chance yeah. because it was an outstanding fight at super middleweight. Two undefeated fighters. Uh, both of them went in extremely confidently. Um, Adam Copland loses no fans. He was dropped, but he he just kept surging forward and and threw a, a lot of punches and tried to weather the storm. But Matteo Tapia. Um, he could be next level, and he's certainly advancing at uh, at a very fast rate. Are you? Where, where are you? Mate, uh, <laughs> I just had. Um, <laughs> sorry, I've just had oh one of their people God. from behind the cameras taking photos and sending it to me. Of, okay. uh, anyway, moving on. Thanks a lot, guys. Yeah. Great. Well, that's uh, that's Jade's response to my question. Um, <laughs> there for you but if there was any criticism probably of the Sydney show at the Horton Pavilion it had to be the officiating um, I think probably Les Fear by his own admissions uh, had, had a bit of an off night uh, missed a couple of knockdowns earlier in the show was pretty late to the party and stopping the main event as well I think John Hopperwhitey took um, probably four big shots he didn't need to take and there was one card in particular in the um, Jurkic up against Lucas fight, which uh, seemed to be around the wrong way. I think it was a John Couchy card. So some some questionable officiating um, through the course of the night. We saw some uh, possibly last night in Melbourne as well in regards to the uh, judging, but uh, we are unfortunately getting a bit used to some, some pretty ordinary cards through Australian boxing. Look, it just unfortunately, it's just the way it goes, Ben. Um, and look, officiating is a pretty thankless job. Yeah. Um, like it just it's it's the way it's always been in this sport and unfortunately it's how it's always going to be yeah all right no worries well um we go along to we've mentioned it before but the uh, will tomlinson wildfighter show march 23 at the timber yard is it the timber yard in melbourne um uh, amongst the fighters on the card is daniel lewis making his professional taboo um have you had much to do with daniel along the way he was an impressive amateur now going professional i've seen him when, like when he was as an amateur but um no there's huge wraps on him so i'm looking forward to seeing what he what he has to bring um it's gonna be a good fight jason waitley's on that card as well um and i think uh, victor nagby who's a world champion kickboxer's term yeah so i used to train alongside him and he's tough as now as that fella and i think he's making his uh pro debut as well as a professional boxer so I'm looking forward to seeing that card it's going to be a good show yeah, yeah, yeah. it does look a good show um, we mentioned Daniel Lewis he's trained by Graham Shaw uh, who obviously took Daniel Gill to uh, middleweight world title unification so um, he's in a good place for, for someone trying to make that transition he's in a great place uh, great team around him yeah Shaw Shaw's one of Shaw's probably if not if not the most experienced coach in Australia at the moment um, so I really, I really look forward to seeing the transition because people have always spoken about Daniel Lewis actually having the professional style throughout his amateur career. Yep. So um, I think, I think we're going to see the birth of a new Australian boxing star okay. in Lewis. Well, I think it's go. going to be great. Well, that's exciting. Um, and just mentioning a couple of things that are happening internationally, I saw um, Bill Alakaway mentioned uh, that he's likely to be fighting in Guadalajara in Mexico in his next fight. You see that? No, I didn't. No, you guys touched on that this morning. But um, March 8th, is that the date you said? I think that was the date. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, that with a view potentially to, you'd assume, fighting on the Canelo Jacobs undercard, uh, yeah. ideally. Well, you would assume because his last two fights have been on the, um, yep. the Canelo undercards. Hopefully Bilal actually gets a televised televised fight on this show because uh, they've certainly, they've given me a couple of good, couple of decent 
uh, journeyman opponents, um, yep. and I would imagine that Guadalajara will just be a stay busy. Yeah. And then um, it'll be great to see him actually uh, given a big fight on the televised show. If he's going to be fighting um, in regional Mexico, it does beg the question why he doesn't come back and headline a show in Sydney or, or at least be a part of a major show in Australia. Um, would it not be a good time, do you think, Mick, being someone who's fought both internationally and here in Australia, to try and develop his brand to some extent, particularly yeah. given there's going to be some televised shows? I like Jay you know, touched on before, you know, trying to get more exposure. They're not really giving him too much over there, but he's, no. still, making, he's still doing really well, like I said, being on huge cards. Um, but yeah, I agree. I think coming back down here and, and building to then reset over there again, um, you know, there's still big domestic fights here that are good for him. Um, you know, being one being Jade Mitchell, yeah. um, which I think is a really, really good fight. Um, in my opinion, I think um, Jade's got the tools to, to get the get the W. But um, yeah, I agree. I think he should come back down here and reset and reassess to go back over. I, I, his team's doing amazing things over here. There's so much noise about Bilal. Mm. Even though he's not on t- televised yeah. to the American audiences, um, they're doing big things back here and he's he's popping up in the news. Yeah. He's, he's everywhere. So For sure. I think it's a great idea to come back here and headline a show here. Yeah, I, I don't think it's probably um, in his best interest for most people to watch his fights on Paul Nazari's Facebook page um, <laughs> via a mobile phone stream. I, I think that the time is right for him to come back and try and get yeah, some exposure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. They're my thoughts. Um, anyway, talking about some other uh, negotiations taking place and some fights upcoming. Um, well, we should men- mention Dennis Hogan again. Uh, negotiations continue with Golden Boy for him to uh, take his place as the mandatory challenger to Jaime Munguia's world title, the WBO junior middleweight world title. Um, in that division, obviously, um, Mick, what, how do you think that fight goes uh, for Dennis? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, look, I'll take my hat off to Dennis. Um, you know, he's done great things for the sport. He's a good fighter. Uh, I just think Munguia is a beast. Um, he's just on another level, and I think it'll be too much for Dennis. Um, but again, credit to Dennis for stepping up like I did against Cal. Um, but yeah, I just think if it goes to, I think it might be an early night, you know, Munguia's way. But I hope I hope I'm wrong, and I hope the Aussie comes back and with a win and, yeah. the, and a title. Yeah, the, the possibility remains that there's a fight in between for both of those fighters, and that fight takes place later in the year, but otherwise it could happen during the mandatory period. So that, that is an ongoing conversation. And also um, a veteran of Australian boxing and former WBC Super Middleweight World Champion, Sakio Bika, um, it does appear has a fight. Uh, I don't think it's signed. It's been talked about for like six months now. He's actually in America, in Florida, in his training camp with Kevin Cunningham as we speak. He flew out last week. Um, for a fight against Lionel Thompson uh, on a PBC show on March 24 in Maryland on the undercard of um, Lamont Peterson and Sergei Lipinets. Why? So it's not signed. It's not signed, well, but he's over there. Last time I spoke to Sacco, it wasn't. Yeah. That's so it, they got him. To, <laughs> so he's been going back and forth with them for a long time. Yeah. Um, and they eventually booked him some flights and said, come over and begin your training camp, but they didn't give him a date venue and opponent. But he, we've, we've known for quite a while that it is going to be Lionel Thompson, who's a bit of a veteran, uh, has been a light heavyweight. There's a chance this fight will be a super middleweight, which is what Sakia wants, or somewhere in between the two. Um, but, yeah, hopefully that does take place because he's been waiting around for a long time. He hasn't fought in um, well, since October the year before last. So. Luke Sharp was his last opponent, wasn't it? 
Sorry? Luke Sharp would have been his last no, fight. No, no, no. He had another fight against um, a fellow, a, uh, I believe a Serbian, Gayard Jedovic, okay. um, which was at the start. But yeah, Luke Sharp was the fight before oh, boy, that. Boy, yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's been a long time. So hopefully hopefully that gets done. You, you've done lots of work with Sakio. It'll be, be good to see him get back oh. on a televised show like this and, 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 and have a win. Absolutely. Um, to see Sakio on PBC, rack up another win and... Have another run at have another run at the title. That's that's his ultimate goal. He just wants another title fight, and um, I just want to see the guy fighting. He's an excitement machine. He always has been. A big fan of Sakio, so all the best to him. Yeah. Hopefully, you get that contract signed and yeah. you've got a fight. Well, he so, may have signed it overnight. I don't yeah. know. But last I spoke to him, he's still waiting. But you know, it seems to be the way that PBC and Al Hamid's people um, do their business at the moment. Uh, there's a lot who are sort of left up in the air there. Um, staying at super middleweight. Uh, Probably a bit of disappointment for Ryan Murdoch, who um, was right in that position to either fight for a vacant title or to get in an eliminated position um, at super middleweight in the WBO um, once that was uh, relinquished by um, Ramirez, Gilberto Ramirez, who went up. But um, as it turns out, um, Billy Joe Saunders just comes from nowhere and gets a world title fight. Mm. Very disappointing. Uh, Rowan's number four in the world. Well, I think he goes down, doesn't he, when because Billy Joe yeah, just went Billy in. Yeah, Billy Joe slotted in. <laughs> yeah, look, look, that's that's just how it works. Yeah, it's just unfortunately when uh, when a name like that comes along, they put their hand up for the title shot. They're yeah. just going to get slotted in there. They're going to get it. But um, well, yeah, he was four. We've got Jesse Hart in there. Uh, Isufi is number one. Who who else is in there? Baz Baz Yanni. I don't know, mate. The Canadian. But um, look, he was in the running, but. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, that's how it goes. Yeah. Who who knows? I I believe, I believe Billy Joe becomes a two division world champion. Probably, then relinquishes mm-hmm. and goes back down to middleweight and chases the winner of Andrade, Golovkin. If that yeah, fight's right. going to happen, or or a big fight with Canelo. So, his bigger fights, bigger fights for Billy Joe are at middleweight. So, just hang in there, Rowan. You'll probably get your shot. Yeah. Regardless, I, I see him vacating. Yeah, right. I guess it, and it, it will have taken place uh, by the time uh, this goes up. But um, Eubank against DeGale, mm. uh, maybe there's an opponent there if he does win a world title. Yep. Um, but yeah, regardless, he goes in a massive favourite on April 13 um, for that world title. And then we're just waiting to see whether maybe Ryan Murdoch does get a shot at it sometime down the track. Um, and uh, we also have a date now for what well, we've already announced Andrew Maloney's fight. I think we talked about that. But Jason has a fight now. Um, Tweed Heads coming yes. up as well. Yep, yep. Yep. Uh, fighting the current WBA Asian champion, yep. I believe. Yeah. Uh, so, look, we good to see Jason. Jason back in action again, and um, he's rated across the board. It's only going to be a matter of time before he gets his shot again. And uh, and as we know, Andrew, this is an official title eliminator. So the boys are red hot. They'll be fighting. They'll both be fighting for world titles um, anytime soon. Yeah, March 30. That is uh, Tweed Heads, and it's Chris Paulino. Uh, 19 and 3 who uh, Jason will fight uh, his first fight obviously since that very close loss to Emmanuel Rodriguez for the world title um, you make Kerry Foley fights on that undercard as well well you got to watch no I've, I think I'm busy that day yeah. you send a message like a good luck fighting. Uh, look I don't think Kez needs luck for <laughs> this fight I think I think he'll be fine I think he'll, he'll get through it Right. But uh, yeah, good luck to Kerry, and it's absolutely—it's actually stacked this card. Who else is Billy Dib on that card as well? Billy Dib uh, is retired. I mean, uh, oh, Jesus 
Bill 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 yeah. Uh, yes, I think so. Uh, I think he is. Anyway, uh, Jade, thanks for not turning up today. Um, Mick, uh, thanks for coming along, mate. Um, Pleasure, mate. Good luck it. with negotiations for the 17 fights that you're uh, hoping to have. Uh, most notably, Anthony Mundine, first of all. Uh, hopefully the call comes... Well, it could come today, I guess. I'm hoping, mate. Fingers crossed. But I all appreciate right. it. Thanks for the time, boys. Yeah, it. thanks a lot. And Jade, um, rest up, mate. Okay, I'm going to go have a good snooze now. Yeah, yeah. I want to apologise to everyone. <laughs> no, really. Yeah, the bits you... Uh, haven't seen that have been edited out were the worst bits so what you've seen was deemed good enough to uh, go out to the public thank you to Mickey Caparelli for doing that edit which will have taken yes. most of the week uh, to Brock Ellis for probably making uh, more distractions that you just didn't need off to the side yeah, of Brock's uh, been fucking with me all yeah, that yeah. Uh, I just want to apologise I did threaten to beat you up at one stage it, it, it um, did happen it did. <laughs> I, I didn't mean it so yeah, let's okay. go have a coffee and we'll, we'll just put this whole thing behind us. Okay, all right, we can discuss that. Uh, uh, thanks to Ozboxing, to Everlast. Do rate us on iTunes. Maybe don't rate us after this episode on iTunes. Uh, wait till there's a better one or till, you know, Jade's unavailable. Uh, but regardless, um, see you next time.